We are allowed to take off our mask at this point. If you'd like to, do so. And I want to say welcome to everyone, especially to those joining us online. It's good to see you today. I know that you are waiting with great anticipation to hear a funny story from me. I don't know that I have a funny one this morning, but I do have a story I want to share with you from someone who lives in the great state of Minnesota. So it's about snow since it's wintertime. Jean from Minnesota tells a story about her son-in-law, Chuck. He had a business on the side where he shoveled snow in the wintertime for driveways, on driveways and sidewalks for several different clients. And one day he was shoveling snow when a little old lady came walking up and said, would you be willing to shovel my driveway? To which he said, sure. And so he went and shoveled her driveway. And so she then asked him, how much does it cost? And he said, 25. So she went inside her house and came back out and she gave him a quarter. To which she asked, is that enough? And Chuck's just smiled and said, yeah, I guess that's good. And he ended up shoveling her driveway all the time until she passed away. I just thought that was a good story to remember this morning. So I wanted to share that with you to give you a smile. I want to say thanks to Mark, the elders, for allowing me to speak this morning to fill the pulpit. I find it a great honor always to be with you. This year has been a year filled with anxiety, a year unlike any other. I'm sure it's a year in some ways we want to say goodbye to. But 2020 has come to an end, and it has raised incredible fears and anxiety throughout our, our nation and the world, fears even of leaving our homes sometimes and not sure what's going to happen next. There was even a story in the Express News about a young five-year-old boy who lost both parents to COVID this year. What a shock to the system. And there's many other stories like that. In Christianity Today this month, there were, they featured several Christians who, and gave several short quotes who'd been dealing with COVID this year. One was from Celeste Kariokosi, a critical care nurse who worked in a COVID-19 ICU unit since March. And she wrote, she writes, I quote, I have witnessed my colleagues and their family members fall ill to this virus, require hospitalization, and even die. I have feared for the safety of my family. I have held the hand of patients actively dying alone. I have battled insomnia and paranoia. I have found God's presence to be an anchor. I have found peace and confidence, not in the absence of danger and threat, but in knowing I am not alone. These stories are like so many others out there of us, of people stuck at home and not able to get out and being afraid because of this disease. And so this morning I want to spend some time in Scripture, in the Bible, looking at how to handle fear. Anxiety and fear are found in the Bible as well. Elijah is one example, and this verse is, is a location in 1 Kings 19 and verse 3. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Now, why was he afraid? Because Jezebel, the queen of Israel, threatened him in his life. Said, I'm going to kill you when I find you. Now, why? Because 
he had just been party to the killing of all the, the priests of Baal. Now it's interesting, he ends up running from Jezebel in chapter 19. He runs from north Israel to south Judah. In south Judah, he leaves his servant there and runs all the way down into the desert and across the desert to Mount Sinai. And in 19, he has this incredible interaction with God that we read in chapter 19, a wonderful interaction with God, and God gives him a job to do. But I share this story with you this morning because of what happened in chapter 18. And if you know this story, you know that what happened in chapter 18 was he had the most incredible experience. In 18, he built an altar, he covered it with water, all the wood soaked with water, he put an animal on the water to sacrifice, and then he asked to bring fire down from heaven, and God did so. And then, after three years of drought, he asked God to bring rain, and God did so. And so you sit and think about that, that he was able to do all of that, and yet one person can make him afraid enough to flee several hundred miles. Yes, we can be afraid of people. We can be afraid to that point. David is another example in the Old Testament. In the Psalms, we see several examples of David expressing fear and concern to God. In Psalm 34, verses 4 to 6, we have these verses. I sought the Lord, and He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to Him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him from all his troubles. David's expressing how he felt really, really uncertain and didn't know the outcome. But he decides to trust in God, and God came through. Now in Psalm 39, verses 2 and 3, it says, I was a stone silent, held back the urge to speak. My frustration grew. My anxiety intensified. In that psalm, David cries out to God, asking, why is life so short? He's asking, why is life like this? You get the sense that this is the psalm he writes shortly after his infant son dies. His hope, though, in that psalm is that God is there and will help him. And so the question we have this morning is, what do we do? How do we deal with the anxiety that is ours in life? Because all of us deal with anxiety at some level, in some form. I want to encourage you to look at Psalm 23 and verse 4. In that verse, David writes, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see, this wonderful psalm begins talking about the perfect shepherd and how he is with us and therefore we lack nothing. We lack nothing. Mark spent time several months ago talking about the 23rd Psalm 
on Wednesday nights. He did that because there is so much meaning in those words throughout that psalm. And here in the midst of it, we take just the first few words, I lack nothing, and tie them into being safe in verse 4 in that dark valley. Has anybody felt like they've been in a dark valley this year at all? Just a little bit? Yeah. God is with us. That's, that's one answer to our anxiety and fear, is laying them at God's feet. Reading these verses, Psalm 23, over and over again, committing these verses to, mem- to memory so they are constantly at the tip of our mind. Now, I do need to put a qualifier in here. Let me not confuse you. I'm not saying that all you have to do, if you're in the middle of an actual panic attack, is just say to God, uh, uh, pray, and everything's going to be okay, and the panic attack will go away. Because there are times, there are levels of anxiety and fear that we need some help with. In my Wednesday night class during the month of December, I expounded on this a little bit more. But the mental health wellness ministry here at Mac has stressed the need to get a balance between mental wellness, physical wellness, and spiritual wellness. If you're having a clinical problem with anxiety, fear, or depression, then there may be a need to talk to somebody. And I encourage you to do that. What I'm talking about this morning and addressing is how all of us have felt fear and anxiety this year and how we can manage that every day. I believe courage is the antidote to fear. No matter how much fear you have, one of the things you've got to do is deal with gaining courage, adding courage into your life. And one of the ways, one of the best ways for us as Christians is to connect with God to gain that courage. I've stressed over and over the need to connect with God to overcome anxiety and fear. And if connection with God is what we're seeking, I believe the answer to that connection for us as individuals is through seeking out new spiritual practices and working on the spiritual practices we already do. We've talked about spiritual practices in several different contexts here at Mac, but essentially what I'm talking about are those things that you do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis that connect you with God, like worship. You're here this morning because it connects you with God. It's one of the ways that you connect with God. You pray daily. That's a connection with God. That's a spiritual practice. I want to encourage you this morning to pick up one new spiritual practice in 2021. You are doing several. Add one and see what happens to your courage. Now, with that in mind, I want to share with you three that you might choose between. Or now, there's several different kinds you could do. There's lots of different options. I could share many of them with you. I just don't have the time this morning. 
But I'm going to share these three because I think they are useful and helpful. The first one is intercessory prayer. There's many different ways to pray to God. I taught a class on prayer this last spring and enjoyed teaching about intercessory prayer, centering prayer, fixed hour prayer, breath prayer, among others. Prayer is all about petitioning God in our lives, being with God. Intercessory prayer is petitioning God about the people, the specific individual people, organizations in our lives, those that we love and care about. In fact, it's really the most social thing you will do in prayer because it's between you and others and God. So if you desire to grow in love and forgiveness of other people in your life this year, Focusing on intercessory prayer in a, in, in a meticulous way can help you grow in those things. And so praying for people, not just health issues, but praying for people's spiritual welfare, for their growth, praying for this church, praying for your work, those kind of things. Intercessory prayer can be greatly helpful to us. Keep a journal, write names down when you're praying for them, what you're praying for them, see what happens as you pray for people this year. Now that's one. The second one I want to mention is called examine. This is for those who want to stop each day and focus on God, maybe even twice a day, but definitely at least once. And it's about examining ourselves and what we've done that day. It takes maybe 10 minutes. It's not about finding everything wrong that you've done that day, though. This is not a judgmental situation. It's about finding where God has met you that day. And so we typically do four things when we do examine. We recognize God is with us. We request His help in looking at our day. We review the day and think about everything we've done throughout that day. And then we resolve to live for God that day. Four things. So, it might be something as simple as taking this question. What happened in the last 24 hours that, are the mo- that we're the most thankful for? And as you walk through the last 24 hours, what are you most thankful for? Examine. Now, the third thing I want to mention is Lectio Divina. This is a devotional manner of reading your Bible. Now, we talk here at Mac a lot about Bible study. And as the adult education minister, I like to focus on Bible study, and I encourage that among all our members, you guys. But devotional reading, Lectio Divina, is very helpful to us also as Christians, and it's a little different. Bible study is done with a commentary, Notebook, you're taking a lot of notes, those kind of things. Like the Divina is done with a journal. And the point of the reading is toward meditating on Scripture. Like the Divina is done with three to five verses at a time, just a very short passage, nothing very long. And you read it four times. So think about in 10 minutes, reading three verses of Scripture four times, how that will focus your mind 
on that passage. It's absolutely wonderful because it really gets you to thinking about what the text is saying. It's wonderful to read through the Gospels that way. The four readings are just, number one, to read the first time. The second time, reflect on your reading. The third time, respond to your reading. And the fourth time, to rest in your reading. So you can take Psalm 23, read half of it one day, and half of it the next day. A couple of friends of mine have been reading through the Gospel of John, five verses at a time. It takes six months to read through the Gospel of John, five verses at a time. But it has been marvelous. And so I encourage you to think about Lectio Divina as a way to connect better with God in the Scripture. So, I encourage you, pick one in 2021. There's a lot of other types. If you'd like some other suggestions, I could give you much. Talk to me afterwards. But in thinking about a habit, let me mention this. Habits take more than 21 days. I know that we would love to say it takes just 21 days, three weeks. I know that's been said more than once, but I have to break the news to you. Recent research has destroyed that concept. What you have to do to create a habit is what's on the screen right now. You have to have a cue. You have to have the routine, and you have to have a reward. Otherwise, you will never develop that habit. It just won't happen. Um, you can de be determined, as determined as you will be. I promise you it won't happen. And so, um, essentially, a cue is, is when you start. So, a cue could be first thing in the morning when you get out of bed. A cue could be right when you get home from work. A cue could be right before you go to, go, uh, to bed at night. A cue is just what causes you to begin, whatever that might be. But you want to try and figure out a cue that's set, that's pretty easy, that, that just kind of clicks you off. The routine is obviously the spiritual practice. Whatever you decide to do, that needs to be your routine. Reward is obviously connection with God, right? Everybody say, yes, of course, it's connection, yes. The unfortunate thing about connection with God is that's a little bit nebulous. It takes a while to get there and to feel it in your body. So I would encourage you for your reward, especially with things like Lectio Divina, intercessory prayer, to think up something that you would really enjoy and gain something from. If you enjoy meeting with people, get together with a couple of people that you read Scripture with or pray with. If you enjoy something else, like eating, like I do, maybe you reward yourself with a special dessert or meal or something. But think up a concrete reward, even though you're doing something spiritual, think up a concrete reward so that you keep doing it. Remember, the point is to keep doing it. It's not to do it once, it's to do it many times. And I encourage you to work on this this year, one in 2021. So my suggestion is you prayerfully consider what you're going to do this year. Choose just one, just one to add this year. And you will be blessed. I know you're worshiping regularly. I know you're reading your Bible fairly regular. I know that you're participating in Bible study. 
So which one will you add in 2021? I challenge you to choose one this year. Let's stand and sing.